Hello, and welcome to Pastor George's Bible Study. So, we were looking at um, the situation in Second Kings chapter 6, just a bit as a bit of background. And the situation was very bad to the point that human beings started eating themselves. They turned to cannibalism in order to survive. Things, because of the siege, Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, had put up against Samaria. Um, Things were so bad, food was very expensive. And women started eating their children. And the situation was very bad. One of the women ran to the king and said, Oh, king, can you help us? Help my lord, oh, king. And I remember the king said, If the Lord God does not help you, from where can I find help? This was the king telling the woman, Even me as I am now, I am in survival mood. I am... The situation is desperate even for the for me. And so if God does not help you, if help does not come from above, there is nowhere else help can come from. And you know, we remember God was trying to remind us that we need to make that our own cry as well. That we cannot afford to turn to human beings. We don't have an option but to turn to the Lord for our own help. And we saw in 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 1, that though the situation was bad, God spoke. And in verse 1, Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Tomorrow about this time, a seer of flour, fine flour, shall be sold for a shekel, and two seers of barley, for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So we saw there that the word of God brought solution to the, to the terrible famine that was on ground. The word of God brought comfort, brought succor, brought help. And I remember Elisha made, made the statement in verse 1. He said, hear the word of the Lord. And it was as if God was reminding us Even for us, we need to hear God's word. God's word is for us to hear. If we are going to profit from the word of God, we need to hear it first of all. The Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that's why it was very important. That instruction, hear the word of the Lord. It's not only for the Israelites or the people in Samaria at that time. It also applies to us now in these last days. We too need to hear the word of God. We should not, we should not give our ears to hearing things in the world first. Our ear should be tuned to what God is saying in his word. And I think that was the strong encouragement at that time. That we need to devote our hearing to God's word. And the, that story... In that story, we saw in verse 2 where one of the officers of the king 
when the word of God came, the officers of one of the officers of the king made a pronouncement. He said, Look in verse 2, if the Lord will make windows in heaven, could these things be? So we had somebody, we had a man who heard the word of God, but because he did not mix with faith in his heart, he questioned it. He said, How can we believe this thing? Even if God makes windows, even if God opens, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an arrogant way of talking in the sense that when you don't believe what God has said and you believe so much in the, in the, in the, in the darkness, in the terrible situation you see, and you don't make reference to the point that God has spoken, God has intervened. Dominic, you're welcome. Thank God you. Has, yeah. God has intervened. God has brought his word concerning this situation. If you don't believe it, the next thing will be to, to despise the word of God. And that was what happened for that king's um, um, officer. He said, look, even if God was to make windows in heaven, this cannot be. And unfortunately, when you don't mix the word of God with faith in the heart, it brings disaster. Look at what the man of God said. In fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. That is what happens when you ignore, when you don't, even when the word of God is hard to believe, there is nothing wrong and say, God, this is hard to believe. Help my own belief. There's no, there's no, there's nothing wrong in crying to God and say, God, this thing you said is difficult, but because you have said it, I believe you. I know the situation is very bad, but Lord, because you have said it, I believe it. If you remember, I think we went to, we remember, we talked about Luke. If you remember Luke chapter five, Luke chapter five told us, reminded us of the story of when the disciples went out to fish and they had been trying to catch fish all night. The Bible said they caught nothing. It was a bad situation. These were experienced fishermen. They were not novices. They had gone out to fish. The Bible tells us in that Luke chapter 5, the Bible said, um, chapter 5 verse 5, the Lord Jesus had told them, he said, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And then, because they had been launching, they had been launching, they had been launching, they didn't catch anything. Simon told Jesus, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. We have not been sitting down drinking coffee. We have been walking our head off all night thinking we will catch something, but we caught nothing. All we were just catching was, was um, small, small shrimps. We are catching little, little, little um, um, things that would not count as anything. If it was in this day, in the day we are living in now, and Simon was throwing his net, he would have been catching plastic, catching paper at the bottom of the seashore. Nothing. 
But look at what Jesus said. Or look at what they said, which was an encouragement. Despite the fact that we have caught nothing and we have been walking all night, nevertheless, you see, nevertheless, that's what, that's what Peter said. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. You see, for us, it can be difficult. For us, it can be very, very, it can be a very bad situation. But what God is saying is, let's be like Peter. Despite the bad situation, he said, nevertheless. Even though, Lord, you have, even though the situation is bad, and you have just spoken, and we have been walking all night and caught nothing, but because you have said it, we would obey. And that must be our attitude towards the word of God. That the word of God might not, might not agree with your situation. But as long as God has spoken, ask him for faith. Allow the nevertheless to be your, 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 your moving, or should I say your mantra. Nevertheless at your word. And that was what, it was that nevertheless that made Peter say, okay, we're going to lay down the net because you said it. And the Bible said, when they had done this, you see? You see what nevertheless does? The nevertheless made them go and drop those nets. And the Bible said, when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. Nevertheless. And I'm praying that that will be our own song. That Lord, no matter how dark the situation is, is your is what you said in your word that we hold on to. It is what your word has said that we embrace, and we saw it very classically here. The Bible said they caught so much fish that they had to signal to their partners, they had to signal to another boat because the fish was so much. And the Bible said in verse 7, they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. Some hours ago, there was no fish. These fishermen had been toiling all night. Where did the fish come from? The fish responded to the Lord Jesus when Jesus said, let down your net for a catch. Those fishes, wherever they were, it was as if the fishes were having their own conference far away hmm, from the lake of Genesaret. As if they were having their conference somewhere else. And so when... Birds, uh, yes. You know, even fish will uh, follow the command of our Lord Jesus. Yes. Go Amen. The net, so. Exactly. Yeah. It's as if they were having their own meeting. And immediately Jesus said, let down the net. Ah, they said, we are going there. Because the master has spoken. Who are we to stay here? You understand? That's just and my own illustrative way of making, bringing life to the, to the scripture. Yes? I, I mean, if, if you were men of God, which we, which we believe they were, if you came back from a night's fishing without anything to speak of, mm. I think you would be a bit wondering what God's up to. 
Yeah, and we weren't here. We missed the last one that you did. So we yeah. didn't see the end of the chapter, the last chapter. But there's a an interesting end to chapter six, isn't there? Where it says, um, uh, let's say, behold, this evil is of the Lord. Mm. What should I wait? Wait, no, what should I wait for the Lord any longer? Yes. So second Kings, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we can get impatient with God, can't we? Yes, that's the matter. Mm-hmm. That is that is the issue. And yes, Kevin, thanks for for raising that issue. You know, um, the king was going to kill Elisha. The king was frustrated when he heard that people were now eating their own children to survive. He said, what? He said, he, now, he, said, he, he went, he said, this is a, is a problem from the Lord. Hmm? He said, surely this calamity is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? You see, that's the matter. That waiting for God, it looks very unpopular. It looks as if you are waiting for God to move, waiting for God to speak. Looks as if, ah, it is it's a torture. But beloved brethren, did God not speak? The Lord spoke. You see, when he said, you know, he was going to wait, he was, he was waiting for God initially. But when he decided and he said, ah, I am going to take off Elisha's head today. He was no longer to wait. He was no longer waiting for the Lord. Anytime you stop waiting for the Lord to speak, to act, to answer prayer, eh? anytime you stop, you are going to commit sin. It's almost automatic. Anytime you say, I'm not going to wait for God any longer, you are going to derail. Because one of the one of one of the most interesting things is that when was it Ben Haddad kind of goes around the city? Yes. They sell so it says uh, a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels and yes. one fourth of the cab. The droppings was for five shekels. So literally, in, the, in those ancient cultures, they would surround the city, mm-hmm. and no food would go either in or out. They or just out. Cook. Yeah, it's very. It was very bad. Do you know we were trying to compare the last time we were looking at this. We were trying to look at the rate of inflation. If you remember, yeah, we were trying to say if a donkey's head. Hmm? Yeah, and we were trying to. Oh. We were were asking ourselves that just to imagine, you know, that if you wanted to eat meat, hmm, if you were looking for meat to eat and you are trying to get protein from meat, will you go to the head of a donkey? How much meat? You see, the head of a donkey, I don't know how much meat is in the head of a donkey. I thought, look at how expensive it was. The head of the donkey sold for 80 shekels, 80 shekels of silver for the head of a donkey. I thought, you know, we'll be talking about the thigh of a donkey. We'll be talking about the trunk of a donkey. Where, or the big thigh of the donkey, where there is meat, is the head. I don't know. If I mean, those of us, look at Tango Tony and Sabete like here. You know, when we are saying we want to eat meat and they say, oh, um, um, I want to eat meat today. 
and they give you goat head. Excuse me, how much meat do you have in goat head compared to the leg, to the thigh of a goat? Not much. <laughs> Not much. But the thing is also how how many days' wages would that be? I mean, how many days' wages would eighty shekels be? That's the matter. But you see, look at when God now spoke. Yeah. Bible now said, a seer of fine flour will be sold for a shekel. Ah, do you see the, the, the deliverance, the difference? That when food is available, it will be sold at a very, very, very cheap price compared to how bad it was then. I don't know what they used um, um, those dung for. Eh? The Bible said... I don't know. Actually, there's a, um, I, I, there's a thing for... A dove dung is named as a commodity, possibly food whose price is escalating. They, they said that um, the dung was used as a fuel for fire. Yes. The dove dung could have been used as a salt substitute. An alternative view, dove dung was a popular name for some other food, such as Star of Bethlehem or, or Falafel. Okay. A, a third option, basically, I'm ending on, is that the passage actually refers to locust beans or the fruit of the carob tree. Okay, so... So whatever it is, it was sold for five shekels. Very expensive, isn't it? But look at flour. Look at flour. Look at when God decided to bring deliverance. Flour sold for cheaper. It sold for a cheaper price than the dung of dove. A quarter. Look, I saw a measure. A quarter of a cab of dove's droppings. Five shekels. And when God brought deliverance, when God brought deliverance, flour became cheap. You see, that's why, beloved brethren, can we be encouraged? In our own personal circumstances, in whatever challenges we are facing, can we learn to wait for the Lord? Let's not give up hope, please. Let's not say, oh, God is taking all this time. Let us be patient with God. Let, let God help our hearts to be patient and long-suffering with him. Let's not be offended. At times, when God speaks, because we don't understand what God is saying, you get offended. You start complaining. You say, oh God, what is all this? Why me? All this. Excuse me. What is the difference? Look at the king here. The king was frustrated. Instead of him to cry to God and say, oh God, have mercy. Come and help us. He said, God, I'm going to go and take, I'm not waiting for you any longer. This, this our waiting for you to help us is becoming a frustration. I'm going to cut off Elisha's head today. And he was going to commit murder. All because he could not wait for God. Can God help us, beloved brethren? That when we find ourselves in very dire circumstances and situations. We don't have any option. Let's wait for him. I know it's easy to say, but please, we don't have an, I don't know which other option we have. The next option is to go and compromise our faith. The next option is to go and misbehave like the king was about to hear. Supposing, yes, thank you, Kevin. Yeah. Cain, Another person who would not wait on God for correction, for change of life. He allowed anger 
to grow and grow. And we saw the end of it. The first man that committed murder in scriptures. Excuse me, if the king had taken off Elisha's head, who would have brought the word of God that brought deliverance? Um, also, uh, I can as well, that there's an actual prophecy regarding the, in the end of Deuteronomy, mm. regarding, regarding the fact that, that if, if, if the Jews kind of went back this bad, Mm. They, they they would eat their own children. I, I can't remember. It is it's like is it um, uh, the blessings and cursings in Deuteronomy? Mm. Yes, yes. That's that's what that's the situation we have. And beloved brethren, do you know this is a fiscal situation that was happening in Israel, in Samaria? Do you know this? If the in the last days, when ungodliness will increase, when it's looking like sin is having the upper hand. And this is the situation the enemy wants to create around and, us. Uh, Deuteronomy 28.53 And thou shalt eat the fruit of thy own body, the flesh of thy sons and thy daughters, whom mm. Jehovah thy God has given to thee in the siege and, and in the distress wherein enemies shall distress thee. So, and so essentially the, the, it was an actual promise so because they broke the covenant, that was actually yeah. something. So that was the consequence. Yeah. That was going to be the consequence for breaking the covenant and the consequence for not following the Lord. And it's, it's, it's something we should be aware of, that even for us living in this generation, that even when the enemy is creating a terrible fam- spiritual farming situation, we must not bow down. We must not cringe. We must not break. The enemy wants to break your backbone so that you are unable to stand for the Lord. We must be resilient in our spirit and say, oh God, we will wait for your deliverance. Oh God, we will wait for you to talk to us, to speak to us. Oh God, we, are, we will ensure that we hold on to you till the end. The Bible says, it's those that endure to the end that shall be saved. Now, Elisha had made this pronouncement under God. If you go to verse 3, it was very interesting how this deliverance will come. Look at it. Verse 3. Now, there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city and we shall die there. If we sit here, we die also. Now, therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the seniors. If they keep us alive, we shall live. (laughs) And if they kill us, we shall only die. Very interesting. And they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they came to the outskirts of the camp, to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. So they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites, 
and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore, they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact, their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank and carried from it silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. Then they came back and entered another tent and carried some more there also. And they went and hid it. Verse 9. Then they said to one another, we are not doing right. This day, it's a day of good news. And we remain silent. If we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. Hallelujah. I will stop here. All right. I thought, I thought you were just getting started. Uh, I found a stele with um, ben, uh, the king's name on it. There's an actual inscription. Yes. I, I, I am Zachar, king of Hamath, and Lish Ben Hadad, son of Hazel, king of Aram, united against me 17 kings. All these kings laid siege to Hazrak. Basil, do not be afraid, I will save you from all these kings who have besieged. So, so he's an actual person in his state. You can, uh, I don't know if there's an actual photo of him on the actual stele, mm. uh, what, what it actually looks like. The, yeah. the, the thing is, what, what I find amazing is that if you compare the price of what they had so the so so it was so so it was one so so it was um so so a seer of, of of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two seers of barley was sold for uh, uh, uh for for a shekel so but the thing is it was it was 18 shekels for a thing of dove, like uh, a, a donkey's kind of Thing in three shekels for like the dove's dung, mm. so so that's how extortionate the prices are. Mm. Like that's how that's how crazy because they just didn't believe in God, and God used the least of them as well. God used because the lepers were despised according to the law. Yes, they could they couldn't even they can even participate in normal society according mm. to the scriptures. Mm. You know, it's interesting that. When God was going to bring deliverance, look at, and you see, I want us to, we want us to discuss this in detail. When God was going to do his work, look at the, how everything played out. The Bible now said there were four leprous men yeah. at the entrance of the gate. And you see, the, the wonderful thing about this is that these men, can you imagine how the thinking they had. Look at their reasoning. These were leprous men who, in normal situation and circumstances, excuse me, they did not have any hope. Yeah. In normal, in normal life situation, they were already outcasts. What is God trying to tell us here? God is trying to tell us that even if you feel like an outcast, even if you feel that you don't, you are not in vogue or you are not part of mainstream, even if you feel in your heart that you, you cannot be numbered with, 
with the people in that sense. That is not the issue. The issue is God is interested in you. God was interested in these lepers. And, you know, for me, it's interesting that these lepers reasoned as if it was the Holy Spirit ordering their thinking. Look at their thinking. Look at how they, you know, it was just talk. You know, they were talking to each other. Lepers were having fellowship. Because the thing is, they could have. Because the thing is, if you thought about, it, they could have got killed. That you see, I mean, God, 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 He could have sent. He could have sent like the chief of their army, like the Israeli <laughs> army. He did. He he chose the 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 scum of basically the society to. Yes. Oh, yes. And Kevin has reminded us of reminded us of the scripture: "Blessed are the poor, eh? poor yeah. in spirit." Yeah. Poor in spirit. You see, God will help us that we remain poor in spirit every time. The Bible says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You see, these lepers, they are the typical outcasts. They will not, people have already dismissed them. What can come out of a leper? I can have you actually dealt with lepers medically. If you actually had Yes, to we do have in, in Nigeria. Yes, we have. But can I tell you the interesting thing about leprosy? Yeah. The safest place to be. Eh? And I'm yeah. telling you seriously. The safest place to be from, from you or the safest place to be shielded from leprosy, the disease, is actually a leprosorium. Okay. Should I tell you why? Yes, yeah. The reason is because in a leprosorium, those guys have started treatment. Yeah. They are no longer they are no longer actively infected. Yeah. When you are outside, you know, mommy, do you remember? They have an incubation period. Yeah, the first dose of anti-leprosy medication kills yeah. all the back, all the bugs. I'm telling you. Yeah. But the rest is just treating the after effects of it if they're in hospital. If they're in hospital or in the leprosorum. Yes. Correct treatment. Yeah. In fact, in fact, let me tell you. If, if you are outside, just mingling among society, <laughs> there is every chance that you are going to catch leprosy. <laughs> it's interesting. We, it's very interesting. Because we, we remember going uh, through India and seeing some of the lepers there. Like, they just have, like, fingers all... It's, yes. It, it's yes. horrific. Yes. So That's the consequence of the disease. Because the thing is, they, I mean, the Syrians, they could have, ki- like, killed them. Like, they could have, they could have, like, but they were easy prey. I mean, if the Syrians wanted to kill them, they would have just wham, wham, and just... Yes. But you see, what touches my heart is the way they were thinking. And I'm praying that we too, as Christians, in this yeah. we think like this. Look at what they said. The, they knew the situation is bad. Look at what they said. Why are we sitting here until we die? Yeah. Why are we sitting here? I want to ask you, what do you think the children, the people in Samaria were doing? What were they doing, please? They were worrying. <laughs> they were <laughs> sitting down, worrying until they died. <laughs> they Nobody the thought... to themselves as well. You said? They were keeping the food to themselves. They were not doing their usual giving alms to the poor or anything else. <laughs> Was there any alms to give? <laughs> <laughs> not a lot. Kevin, they were eating their own children. They were eating so they were eating, children. 
and they reach it so they're, they're, they're that desperate they just because the thing is the 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 lepers at least they kind of wanted to take at least a risk do, do they you thought know? at least Yes. Somebody shared somebody shared on something I was watching the other day. They were studying totalitarianism and they saw some pictures from Russia and they were selling body parts for food, selling them from like a shop, sort of like a like a stall. So so there's always people with money, Dominic. There's yeah. always people who can be generous. Yeah. You know, here, do you know nobody in in, in um Samaria thought, let us go and beg these guys for food. Do you know at the end of the day, the, the, the lepers, their thinking was, if we sit here, we will die. Mm? So if we go into the city, there's nothing to eat. What will happen? We will also die. You know what they, they, they had nothing to lose, really. They either die, they were like... <laughs> look, at, look at their thinking. They now said, if we go to the Syrians, eh, if they keep us alive, we will leave. And how would they give them a life? By eating food. Yeah. If they have mercy, they will just throw some scraps, some remnants for us. No problem. And that was their thinking. If they keep us alive, we will live. If they kill us, we, oh, I like, I like the word of God. See what they say. <laughs> we shall only die. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, only die. Now, let's, let's think about it. Beloved brethren, as Christians, can God help us that the fear of physical death, eh, the fear of physical death will not stop us from doing his will? Look at the way these guys were thinking. Do you know they were already dead? For lepers, as for lepers, they saw themselves, their life is already a dead life. So for them, Death was only dying. That's what that was their thinking. They said, but the issue is we cannot sit down here and die. You see, for them, the issue is the sitting down. The issue is to doing nothing. The issue is to, why are we just sitting here until we die? Normally, it's just a question of time we will die. But sitting down, and then dying is, is, is too much of a blow. Do you know the lesson I'm learning here? Very strongly. God is, is indirectly telling us, beloved brethren, we know we are in the last days. We know the situation around us is not conducive for the Christian life. But please, don't sit down until you die. Do something about the spiritual environment you are in. Don't say, oh, the, the world is so corrupt, there's nothing we can do, and you sit down until you die. No, that is not an option. Yes, Kevin. If, if the lepers hadn't gone, mm. how long do you think it would have been before they would have just died of starvation, never finding out? <laughs> not long. <laughs> never, never finding out. And as you they, said, they, they would the have situation we're in at the moment. Kevin, Kevin, they would have eaten each other before the time. <laughs> But, but they wouldn't have they wouldn't have gone out to check. They wouldn't have seen. They would have assumed it was all done. It was lost. But but that's the same as we've got now. As as, as Akin was saying, mm. is that we need to be light in this world while there, there's all that stuff going on. Exactly. We need to inform the world that there is a a better way. There is a, but you can fast for forty days and forty nights, and you will live, isn't it? So 
I think food, you can still survive as medical doctor, uh, you know, George, you think, you know, how many days we will gonna survive without food? Yes, you drink because I'm sure they can get free water still at the well. But how about food? See, the, the, I, I agree. You see, at the end of the day, the, the matter is, you know, like what Kevin was trying to highlight, that the, for, the, for, the, for, the, for the lepers, sitting down and doing nothing was the terrible option to take. And do you know, God wants us to think like these lepers. What is the worst that can happen when you share the gospel with somebody? What's the worst that can happen? But, but the thing is, I mean, these these lepers, are, if you understand about the Assyria, um, because the it relates to the story of Jonah. Because Jonah, uh, because the Assyrians are the same people as the Assyrians in, in Jonah. They're, so they're an extremely brutal army. And they would have killed them in a very brutal way. So they they're actually got a lot of courage. If you kind of read it, any of the other accounts. Yeah, so that's but, the question I'm asking. What's the for us now living in this generation? If you speak to somebody about the gospel, what's the worst thing that can happen? What's the Sent to Coventry. Huh? <laughs> Sent to Coventry. I don't understand. Sent to Coventry. <laughs> they, they don't want to speak to you anymore. They oh, okay. That's the worst thing. If you, you want to go extreme. You will be imprisoned, like uh, okay. the one Dominic shared. Yes. What's the other worst thing? Let's ignore prison and um, and in Saudi Arabia, you could be killed, maybe. Be, maybe you'll be killed, isn't it? In this in this country, even now, eh? This is our own Syria, Samaria, that has been besieged. The worst thing that can happen is somebody to take out a knife, stab you, or shoot you. But if that happens, beloved brethren, look at the thinking of the Syrians. Look at the thinking of the um, lepers. We shall only die. Can that become our vocabulary? Can that reinforce our courage and our boldness in the faith we carry? Can this serve as a platform for me and you to be emboldened in our spirits to declare the gospel? When the time arises, can this help us stand for righteousness in whatever area or situation we find ourselves? They were not going to sit down. That's the issue. These are lepers that that saw death as we are already dead anyway. But the issue of sitting down, we are not going to sit down. Do you know there are some missionaries? I don't know if you remember this story. Some missionaries were going to go and preach to some people in some some um, remote tribe around, um, you know, these islands after, around New Zealand or islands around British, um, British Caledonia, all those places. There are some remote yeah. islands, some tribes. Yes, some 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 missionaries were sent. They they felt God was calling them to go and preach to those people. And people were telling them that if you go, those missionaries will kill you. Guess yeah. what the missionaries said? The missionaries, guess what they said? The missionaries only said, as for dying, we are already dead. We are already, we've already died to die. We've already accepted 
that the life we are living eh, as Christians, we are already dead to dying. What they were saying is, oh, death, where is your sting? I know this is tough to talk about, but let's, let, this is what God is calling me and you to. That if in case it comes to that point where your life will be on the line, don't worry. Think like the way the, these lepers were thinking. We shall only die. This was what carried them into the enemy's camp. This thinking that if they give us food, no problem. But if they kill us, we shall only, <laughs> we shall only, for them, only dying was not an issue. Sitting down was the matter for them. And the question was, why are we sitting here until we die? That must not be the, the mantra for the Christian. Sitting down, not serving your maker, not serving your Lord until death comes is not the option. That was the challenge for the letters. They could not ask, accept the status quo. They would not say, oh, you know, we're in the last days and there's sin all over the place. They would have an option, but just to relax and take it as it comes. No, they were not going to do that. Their thinking was different. And you see, God wants to challenge our thinking. In whatever situation you find yourself, are you a student? You know, you are worried. You don't want to share the gospel. The Holy Spirit has been nudging you. You don't even want to talk about the gospel to your friend in class. Why are you sitting there? You are worried that they will laugh at you. Let me tell you what the Bible is saying. They will only laugh. Do you understand? The way the Syrians were, the lepers were thinking here, we shall only die. The same thing for you, young student. They will only laugh. They will only laugh. They will only make fun of you. For the for the for the lepers, for that as for dying, that was not their issue. They were not going to sit down and die. It's better to die doing something for the Lord than to sit down and die. That was their issue. That should be the same thing for us. That you are not going to sit down. You will prefer to die serving your God, being counted. You will prefer to be, to be laughed at than to hide in a corner and pretend as if you are not a Christian. That's the matter. For me, it's a, it's a strong challenge because God is using ordinary, these lepers. Like we are talking about people that are already disadvantaged. They saw that we are not, we are not right, um, high-standing people in society. They were looked down upon. In a sense, you could look at it as if they were, in, in the spiritual sense, they are the type of people where, who you call, they are already poor in spirit. They are already humbled. Their status in society is a humbling one. And that will not stop them anyway from doing something. And that singular act of getting up, look at what happened. The Bible said, and they arose. And I'm praying, beloved brethren, that God will make you and me arise. That's the prayer. I'm praying that 
if as the Holy Spirit is challenging your heart, you will arise. That thing the Holy Spirit is telling you to do, that, that encouragement, the Holy Spirit is saying, go and encourage this guy, this is your colleague. Talk to him, pray with him. That encouragement, you will arise because that was very crucial for me. The lepers, they arose. They did not sit down. Look at where they were. They were at the gate of Samaria. But sitting down at the gate of Samaria would not bring any deliverance for them. They knew that in the city, in Samaria, there was no food. They knew at the gate, there was no food. The only place there is food, excuse me, was in the camp of the enemy. Beloved brethren, when we know that this is what will please God, this is what will bring food, heavenly food. You know, remember what Jesus said? Jesus was telling the disciples in John chapter 4, when the disciples came to meet um, him talking to the Samaritan woman. And the Bible said the Samaritan woman was so touched that she left her bucket and went into the city to go and tell the villagers and everybody in Samaria, sorry, in the town of Samaria about Jesus. Then the disciples brought food and Jesus would not eat. They were asking Jesus, ah, they were contemplating their head. He said, ah, has anybody brought him brought food for Jesus? What did Jesus say? Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. The lepers were going to go and get food. They were going to go and get food. The same thing applies to us, beloved brethren. Why don't we take the battle to the gates of the enemy and go and bring food that will satisfy our maker, that will satisfy the Lord Jesus? Spiritual food, that is. Mm -hmm. Why do we sit down and allow the enemy bombard us left, right, and center? Let us stand. Let us stand. Yes. What I I am encouraged also with the, uh, you know, uh, with these lepers, it's like if you look at life that you are bombarded right and left with discouragement and uh, with situations in life, and if you think right and left, it seems like there's no way out. Mm. But, you know, they just uh, sit down and reflect, uh, you know, the situation in their lives. And I'm sure they are thinking about God. And then I think this is the best option where God will direct us. Yes. And then if they follow the voice of God through his word, then that's the time that you will find the way out in every situation we are in, isn't it? Mm. Mm. I'm just praying that God will help us because you see, um, as we are now, we don't have an option. As we are now, we can't just sit down. You know, we can't, we can't sit down because in the last days, the Bible says ungodliness will increase. There, like we were talking, telling ourselves the other time. That there will be the scarcity of the word of God. And because of this terrible spiritual famine, we cannot sit down. We need to arise under God and take the battle to the gates of the enemy. Do you know, it's very interesting that it was as these guys rose up. Look at what happened. They rose up at twilight. They got up. 
You're yeah, he gets, yeah. You know, he getting up, he getting up at twilight in verse five was very interesting because as they rose up to go to the camp of the Syrians, look at what happened. The Bible said the Lord caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of the chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. So they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the king of the Egyptians to attack us. Verse 7. Therefore, they arose and fled. When, please? At twilight. Do you see what was happening there? Lepers got up and said, we are not going to sit down. We are going to get, go to the camp of the enemy. They got up. They are getting up at twilight. As they were taking those steps, beloved brethren, those steps were being translated in the ears of the enemy as the noise of chariots, <laughs> as the noise of the army, as the noise of a great army. Can you imagine? Lepers. Excuse me, we were talking about the disease condition for lepers. Do you know lepers, their fingers, the tip of their fingers are already gone? Do you know their toes have already been affected by the disease? But those leprous feet, as each of them took a step, the God amplified, amplified it, and to the enemy, they were hearing the noise of a great army at twilight. So in real terms of the word, do you know what was scaring the Syrians and they ran away? The footsteps of lepers. Beloved brethren, can we, can we encourage ourselves here today? At least you are not a spiritual leper. At least you are a child of God. If you arise and you, you are determined in your heart under God that you are going to obey him, do you know the confusion you will cause in the camp of the enemy? Lepers got up here. They said, we will not sit down till we die. They got up, and their footsteps, God magnified those footsteps into the sound of a great army, the footsteps of lepers. Do you know what God is challenging me here? He's saying, if you to arise, your arising and the footsteps you are making, you are taking, will be translated under God, of course, will cause confusion to the camp of the enemy. Let's be encouraged. This getting up of the lepers was working great wonders in the camp of the enemy. If they had not gotten up, excuse me, if these brothers, if these lepers have not gotten up, do you know the enemy will just sit down there and say, yes, we're in charge. Sorry, Kevin, you are going to say something. Yeah, I was just going to say, it says in verse uh, nine there, this is the day of great tidings. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, and we hold our peace. And we're <laughs> living in the good news. Exactly. We're living in the, and we should not hold our peace. Honestly, 
may God, may God have mercy on us. Honestly, may we not, may we not get to a stage whereby we are holding our peace. Look at what they said. We are not doing well. If we keep quiet, something terrible is going to happen to us. Do you know? And I'm asking, you know, when I read these things, I keep praying for myself. And the prayer is, God, help me that this, your word, will not stand against me on the day of judgment. The lepers knew that keeping quiet about this good news, there was something bad that was going to happen. Do you know what God is saying? I don't want to be sounding too harsh. You too, read it yourself. If you keep quiet about the good news gospel, if you keep quiet, don't you think something bad will happen to you? It's not me that is saying it. Look at the reasoning of the lepers. Don't you think keeping quiet about this is going to, I'm going, we are going to, look, it was so challenging. Look at what they were doing when they got to the enemy's camp. They arose. And when, they, when the lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank. Ah! Can you imagine? They had not eaten all these days. And finally, they got food. They entered a tent. Eh? They saw food. Do you know what they did? They settled down and ate. You can imagine how they were eating. You can imagine how they settled down and said, ah, we have not eaten rice for months like this. Let's settle down. And they ate and they drank. Excuse me. Can I ask you, are you not eating and drinking in Jesus? Are you not eating spiritual food regularly? Are you not... Are you, have you not entered the tent of Jesus and God is feeding you by his grace, by his mercy, he's giving you his word. You are coming with him. Are you not eating and drinking? Spiritually. And there are some people, they have been in famine for months. The situation is so bad for them in Samaria that they were eating their own children to survive. And here are lepers enjoying eating three square meals and eating pudding with it as they ate the rice and the stew and the chicken. Eh? Can you imagine? They asked themselves, you guys, is there pudding? <laughs> and they went for pudding. And they sat down again to eat lunch. And they said, let's eat first course. You know, they ate, they ate tomato soup. And they finished eating tomato soup. They said, what's the main meal? They ate potato and steak. And after that, after drinking some drinks, they settled down and they asked themselves, Haha, what about the pudding? Somebody said there's ice cream. And what type of ice cream is it? They had choices. They had vanilla, they had strawberry, they had chocolate. They had a um, mixture of vanilla and chocolate. They said, no, we don't want ice cream. They said, is there any other pudding? They said, there is, there is um, which one now? Um, custard. An apple pie. Wonderful. They were just eating. You know, in the midst of all that, the thing came to them. It was as if God was talking to them. Ah, if we keep quiet, if we keep quiet, 
this day is a day of good news. And what is their good news, please? They were eating and drinking. Food was available. Beloved brethren, excuse me, what is our own good news? Or you don't think you have good news in your mouth? What's your good news? The fact that you are following Jesus is already good news. The fact that Jesus died for you and he died for your sin and he has translated you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son is good news. It's good news that if you close your eyes in death now, you will open it before him in glory. It's good news. It's good news. And here they were enjoying themselves. And they look at it. They said, this day is good news and we remain silent. My brother, my sister, please, may you not remain silent. May you not be quiet about this good news. May you not behave as if nothing is happening to your spirit. May you be encouraged to share this good news. And I thank God for these lepers. They gave themselves a time limit. They said, look at it. They said, if we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Do you see how they were thinking? Have we not procrastinated several times? When God is nudging your heart to talk to somebody about the gospel, when the Holy Spirit is nudging your heart and saying, befriend this person so that you can share the gospel. But look at the lepers. They said, if we wait, they were not going to wait. But you see, as I read that scripture, the Holy Spirit is reminding me, have you not waited like that? Have you not procrastinated like that? You were waiting. You said, don't worry, I'll preach to him when I meet him next week. And before next week, that same person collapsed and died. You said, I will talk to him next year. The next year for that person never came. They said, if we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. May God grant us help. May we take this instruction serious. The household of the king needs to hear the good news. There are several people who are meant to be in the kingdom of God. They don't know they are meant to be in the kingdom of God. They need to be told because they belong to the king's household. They need to be told. There are several people who need encouragement in their Christian work. They need to be encouraged. God is waiting for you to get up, arise, and help such people. Don't sit down. Don't sit down and allow the enemy have a field day. What's God saying? Let us arise. Let us be encouraged and challenged to get up and do what he has asked me and you to do. Children, please, I beg you by the mercies of God, don't sit down. Pray about it. Talk to God and say, God, give me opportunity to talk to my friends in school about Jesus. Don't sit down. Don't say, well, maybe after, after our assessment, I will talk to them. You might not see them again. 
no, Lord, don't worry. I will talk to them in two weeks' time. That two weeks' time may never come for them. So, the lepers were feasting and happy as we should be and laid up treasure in heaven. They were then convicted. <laughs> they were then convicted to share the good news. Yes, in a sense. You know, they were eating and drinking, storing up, as they ate and drank, they were storing up treasure for themselves. And do you know, the more they shared the good news, they were, still, they were storing up more treasures. They were transporting their accounts from the earth up to heaven so that people can come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. May that be our testimony as well, that we will not keep silent. That the Holy Spirit will help us to think like these lepers were thinking. That we will not sit down here doing nothing. But in our own little way, as God gives us grace, as God gives us help, we will arise and do his will. I think we should pray on this point. Our time is up. I think we should pray on this point so that God will help us. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, George, you can stop the record now. Come and join Pastor George's Bible Study at 8 p.m. 